All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes, the Daisy Sessions. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about track three, Somebody Saved My Life Tonight, uh, written by Will Graham and Nora Kirkpatrick. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, really just, I'm Aaron. You're Taylor. <laughs> Sorry, I was just hyping myself up. You were. I put the I put a video of this on Patreon and guys and I apparently completely <laughs> forgot to tell Taylor and so she discovered it herself and I just got a bunch of frantic texts this afternoon. But it's okay. It's okay, <laughs> but now I'm really gonna play up for the video. So mm-hmm. like people should sign up for the Patreon because we're gonna be doing some crazy dances we're gonna be wearing some fashion forward outfits it's gonna we're gonna be looking good and you're gonna want to see it exactly the camera now i'm not 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 this moment yeah this moment i am wearing my pj set that i bought that pat got me for valentine's day in an old sweatshirt um this is like there's this pajama company that i love called eberge and so Pat bought me a, a set last year for Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, so is this now the thing I get a set for Valentine's Day? So yep. he said yes, and he bought me one, and it was the exact same one as last year. Did he know? Did he have any idea? No, he had no idea. So now we, I just have two of the same color. And so it looks like I just never changed my PJs, but I'm out here changing them all the time. That's adorable. It just means that he picked one style and really stuck with it. He knew that you liked it, and he was like, oh, she's going to love this one. He's like, we're doing pink. It's pink, pink, pink. It's Valentine's Day. So, no, I mean, I love them. I Too wear cute. them so much. Too cute. Um, so we're here for episode three. How do you feel? How I should we feel... do a check-in? Should we do what? We'll do a little check-in. How do you feel? How are we doing so far? Uh, I feel like I I feel like we're at the top of the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And the last 15 minutes of this episode were the first few drops down the mm-hmm. roller coaster of just like pure joy. And your arms are up, you're screaming, you're so excited. <laughs> it's just, this is what you knew. It was the anticipation where you're like, okay, actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good metaphor if I could pat myself on the back for that one. The anticipation is killing you. You're waiting to get to the top. You're waiting for the ride to get going. You're like, okay, I know I got to sit through this. Like, I got to get to the top of the roller coaster first ride. Mm -hmm. And then now we're just in, like, in the downward motion of just pure exhilaration. And it's what you paid for. It's what you paid for. You just had to sit through the ride to the top. You're looking Mm -hmm. around. You're looking at the sights. You're like, oh, look, there's my mom and dad down there. (laughs) And now it's like, now we're in it. Yes, that's how it feels for sure. Yeah. Um, what so, about you? How do you feel? Good. Like, I don't think anybody who listened to the last episode, like I was feeling cautiously optimistic. And then, you know, we chatted before we got on mic for this. And like this episode for both of us, we were like screaming that we couldn't just talk to each other about it because that's all I wanted to do yeah. was text you. We got to save it for the pod. This we is- had to wait till... Yeah. nine o'clock at night save it for the pod this is the problem with bi-coastal podcast recording mm-hmm. is i finished watching the episode at three at midnight 3 a.m and i just wanted to record immediately 
I mean, that wouldn't have happened even if you were in LA, but I was just ready. I was ready to go. I was ready to talk about it. All right. So let's jump in. So the first scene is Daisy playing her song for Teddy. And this is Daisy from the book. Yes. Don't you think? Like, mm -hmm. she's. hmm? Nope. Keep going. She's like full of bravado, but you can also see that like little girl that didn't get enough attention and does like desperately wants people's approval, even though she wears this mask of, of pretending that it doesn't matter. And she's over everything. She really cares about what Teddy thinks about the song. And I just loved it. I love Teddy in the show. I love his relationship with Billy. I love his relationship with Daisy. I think they're doing an absolutely amazing job with Teddy and the actor's fantastic. He's like just absolutely killing it. Um, it was a, a little bit of a slower intro into the episode for me, but it was just, it felt very assured and very, it knew what it was going to do. Exactly. It really felt like somebody was at the reins this, this episode and it, it really did feel like, okay, like you're being told a story and like we we got you yeah and for some reason just this it opened and it just like panned around to daisy and i was like i feel like this is all gonna be good um can i when when she leaves and she does he goes this is the worst song on your album and she does this little like finger point at him (laughs) and i just oh it was beautiful it was like yeah i got it I'm on it. And I just the way that Riley did that was like, it was so cool. And it just felt really daisy. And I just thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And she says, give me a week, which I love, like, somebody is starting to put parameters around her. And she's like, Okay, I can do it like wants to rise to the occasion. But also, is that insane? A week to write nine songs? When it took her yeah, but I think the whole 10 thing years about being... to write one. <laughs> she still hasn't filled up that goddamn notebook. She's still working hard on that notebook. She ain't filling it up. But like, I think also in the book, her whole thing is she writes, she never works on a song where she writes it. She looks at it twice and then it's done and she goes on to the next thing. Yeah. And so like, we know it doesn't actually take her a week to do it. Like she has to do longer, but just sort of like that level of confidence, you know? Yeah. Um, and then in a quick change of gears, Graham picks Billy up from rehab. Yep. This scene was also so good. This is like, I love the Billy and Graham episodes or um, scenes together because they're so fully themselves with each other. And Graham just being like a big dummy full of emotions, just being like, your daughter's so great. You're going to love your daughter. Meanwhile, yep. <laughs> Billy's over there and his soul is dying. That? Crushed, he cannot breathe. That like pan over where they just oh you God. you know exactly what they're doing because they're holding the camera mm-hmm. Graham and he's talking and he's talking and you're just like shut up Graham shut up, <laughs> shut up! and then it just does a quick slide pan to the left and there's <laughs> Billy utterly like it broke me I was so I do not have kids I will not have kids and I was just like that you felt it you felt it in your soul this poor man oh it was fantastic hated himself so much 
Sam Kaplan's a world-class crier. Top 10 criers I think we have as a society. The way that it was, that was so good. Yeah, the way he was holding his hand on his face was such a weird way to do it. But it just felt so real in the moment. Like he wasn't trying to cover his eyes or his mouth or anything. He was just like, he was mm-hmm. physically holding his face and like trying to hold in the sadness. Like it almost looked like he was like trying to put a mask on himself. Yeah. And then he just says, I, I gotta like, let me meet my daughter basically. Like, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Which was so crazy. It like is so doubly sad too, because now it's like he would be getting videos and they would FaceTime and like, they're like, are they going to fi- get like the one hour photo, get the photo, mail it in a mailbox and be like, here you go. Here's one. Here's your kid. I mean, or he just like fully didn't know what she looked like, which is so crazy to think of. Yeah. So sad. Technically, he doesn't know what his wife looks like on their wedding day because they cropped the heads out of the photo. So I wouldn't really trust anybody there to have a good photo of Julia, his daughter. Well, he remembers he was there. Obviously. Yeah, maybe Camilla Obviously. would. She's at, yeah, well, no, Camilla probably yeah. had a photo studio somewhere. Camilla, Actually, the photographer. Why was he better? Photos of Julia and sending them. Hmm. Maybe he was. Um, and so. What I love too is that they get back to Laurel Canyon and the band greets him first. Yes. And Eddie is trying to show him that he like made a new base or something. I was like, not the time, Eddie. But the fact that Graham brings it up in the car first and he's like, oh, he brought this, he made this base. And then Eddie does the same thing. It was just kind of funny. But like, this has been the big thing in our lives the base. <laughs> Is the base not you being in rehab and us like not having a job for a little while and having to pay back the advance? Yeah, I love to. I love the awkwardness of the band with Billy. Yeah, just the cautious. Because I think the line that Graham says too, where he's like, "We didn't know about addiction. We didn't know how to Mm -hmm. deal with it." Added another layer to we just don't know how to treat somebody who is in a situation that you aren't in. Yeah. And then Graham tells the band he's got to see his daughter, sort of echoing what Billy had already told him. And I was just like, oh, that's such a sweet, but like he's always looking up to his brother and like he doesn't miss a thing Billy does. Yeah. Um, and then Billy meets Julia. Again, a heartbreaker of a scene. Tough emotions, guys. Uh, I just, it was so sad it felt mm-hmm. really, I don't know, like I didn't know how I wanted Camila to act in the moment, which I think yeah. was a great, like you don't want her to be open. You don't want her to be like, come meet your daughter. Like, come on, come in. We forgive you. But you don't want her to be like, stay away. Yeah. It was just like, it was a, the awkwardness around all of it was just really well done, I think. Yeah. And then she tells him to sleep on the couch or I guess sleep upstairs in his brother, with his brother, because his, her mom's staying there. Mm-hmm. And Julia like starting to cry too. It's like, yeah, because a baby would not know that this is a very big emotional moment. And she'd be like, actually, I am going to cry right now. And I do want to go to bed. So <laughs> grownups fucking figure yourselves out, I guess. I don't know. Get it together, guys. Uh, oh, but when and he then- couldn't, like when he couldn't hold her like physically couldn't do it he doesn't touch her 
I really liked those additions because it's not something that's in the book. And I liked I liked what they did there. I liked the emotional uh, diffidence like that they added. I think it was interesting. Yeah. It added to Billy. Totally. You, well, you got to see the depth of what he was trying to dig himself out of and how hard it was for him to be how hard it is for him to be the man that like Camilla and Julia need him to be mm-hmm. and how much he wants it, but has that blockage. And so you need to know that for the rest of the story. Like you need to know, like, this is the thing that is driving him. Yeah. Which um, I think in- is a great segue into the next part. That's like a total departure from the book with him quitting. Yeah. So he quits. Well, first, everybody in the band bitches about while Billy was gone, and they all talk about the different things that they did. Warren was cleaning boats, which he loved. Um, Of course. Then, yeah, Billy quits the band, and everyone gets... The scene with Billy and Graham in the room, though, like in their... uh, Mm -hmm. That room upstairs, I thought was so well done. And it is interesting, because it's like... They're playing it like Billy has been to war... And these people do not understand. Like yeah. he has gone somewhere that they will never go, and it's imp- and like they're trying, or uh, maybe Graham at least is still trying to relate to him as his brother and trying to pick up the relationship exactly where it left off. Mm-hmm. And you just can't. He's been through something massive, and I liked that sort of like dance of like, okay, well, like how do we move forwards towards this? Right, and it also just kind of put into more verbal context what the band was like they were just waiting they were waiting for him yeah and it's not something that you get in the book that they were just waiting around and then he came back and then they just kind of dived right in i liked this change i thought it felt really real it felt like what would actually happen if something like this happened in real life and it made all the characters a lot more three-dimensional in my mind a hundred percent and then eddie just saying then fucking go yeah he's thrilled yeah (laughs) Sitting on that like weird chair, like a throne. She like didn't go, dude. Yeah. Um, Eddie had his moments in this episode. I'm loving Eddie. Like, listen, he's a dick, but I I love him. I was not so totally sold in the last episode, and now I'm like, I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's like not often that you have like the hero of your story or like the the main character and you have a guy that just like hates and just thinks he's a dick and <laughs> it's great and I think more stories should have this because it's just so funny that like you're just like yeah I just kind of think he's a dick and I'm not really into this thing and everyone else is like he's the greatest rock star that has ever lived yeah you know yeah. um meanwhile over uh Daisy Daisy's trying to write Simone gets a call to join a song yeah. That's exciting. Do you remember that? Uh, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I wanted to know what you thought about Billy quitting the band. Oh, I think it's good. I think it's like it's the external thing. Like he needed to make that decision to then come back and recommit to the band, which interestingly enough, like doesn't we don't see happening other than him just like like he never in the like I think it's really interesting in this episode and powerful that we never get a scene that's like him going back to the band and being like, okay guys, like actually 
can I be your lead singer again? Yeah. Nothing. Like that Eddie tries to be the lead, like we're jumping ahead of ourselves, but like that Eddie tries to be the the lead singer. Nobody says anything to him. And then it's just Billy's back. Yeah. This adds to the animosity. But yeah. also I think it's telling about how Billy views the band or like Billy is like, it'll be there whenever I want it. So I can drop it and I can pick it up. Yeah. You know, to kind yeah. of show his like arrogance in a way. Mm-hmm. The control that he just constantly needs. Yeah. And that he has without him like really even realizing that he has. Like right. he just assumes he should be in control. But if you ask him, he's not going to be like, no, I tell everybody what to do. You know? Oh, yeah. He just does. Right. And it's just, um, I just think it's just interesting because it's it's trading one addiction for the other, like the addiction yeah. of alcohol, and now it's the addiction of Karen Burr's family, then it's going to go back to the addiction of the band. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't know, I was just, I was, when he said he was going to quit, my jaw dropped because I was <laughs> shocked that they were going down this path. Yeah. And then I just thought, this is a really cool take so i just i just was like wow this is this is different <laughs> i i i thought it was important too yeah. um and then well we can yeah well maybe we'll go through like billy's storyline and then jump back for daisy but like yeah he's just a house husband and he's just fixing stuff around the house he's great at it more men need to be good at handiwork. Yeah. And women too, I guess. But yeah. also, but like men do need to step it up. Oh, definitely. I like going scene by scene. Let's stick to going scene by scene. Okay. So we finally get a fucking party, man. And it's a good party. <laughs> Thank God. When I thought that they were at a party, I'm like, this scene better be long. It better have legs. We better be here forever. And we were. And we were. And we were. So, um... So it starts, so there's Simone sort of celebrating that she's like recorded this first track, which is very exciting. Very Mary Clayton. I love that for her. Mm -hmm. And then um, she meets a girl or she meets somebody, I guess. I don't know gender identity, but um, she starts flirting with somebody and they invite her to see them in New York because they own a club. I think we all know where that's going to go. And I'm excited that that's getting kicked off. Because this actress is such a phenomenal singer. I cannot wait for like a huge disco number from her. Right? It's going to be amazing. The disco's coming and I'm excited. <laughs> um, I love and then... insights into Simone though. I mean, more so along yes. getting later down the line with her recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like fill in the backstory of everybody. I, I really... I thought, I mean, it's time. I was like, it's, it's time. Well, and especially Simone, I think is, was always such a dynamic character. And I mean, the thing I love about Taylor Jenkins Reid is like, you could flip this book and then it's a book about Simone and she was also friends with this rock star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's enough there. She's enough of a full character that it's like, I do want to see like, what was it like? How was growing you know, as a singer and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a black queer mm-hmm. disco singer in the late seventies in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's just not something that you see a lot. 
So let's get that spin off. Yeah, let's hit that. So we have Rod. Okay, we got Rod Reyes. We got Simone. (laughs) Disco Simone. 24 hours in the life of Rod Reyes. 24 hours of life of Rod Reyes, I think, will be. It's fantastic. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the accolades that are sure to come. I feel like with Simone, it would be fun if we just did like only her life between the hours of like midnight and 3 a.m. It's just like dance parties. Yes. And staying up late. Yeah. I could see, yeah. Like a year in the life of Simone. Where it's just like her New York years. Like we're just Mm -hmm. now we're in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. Then it's like a Studio 54 spinoff. Yes. Because have we had a great Studio 54 movie? Because we had the Mike Myers one. Which one? Mike Myers played, oh, what was his name? The guy who ran Studio 54. And Ryan Filippi was in it. And I think Nev Campbell. What? And it was all about when he went down for like the money laundering. Am I making this up? Did I dream this? Did this you is real. create this in your head? No. It was called 54. Do a quick Google. I'm going to do a quick Goog. But it, yeah, no, 100% it happened. I mean, sure. Um, <laughs> Whatever you say. Yeah, Sounds great. It was great. I mean, it was fine. I think the problem was like, I don't remember much of the story. I just remember all the promo for it. And I also, I think it came out, it came out in 1998 with Ryan Filippi, Salma Hayek, Nev Campbell, Mike Myers, Steve Rubell was his name. Fuck yeah. I remember so many. Okay. I'm really proud of myself for the amount that I remember. Was he in a murder? Was he murdered or was he an accomplice to a murder? No, that's Chippendales. No, but there was a different one, too, that I thought was like a disco club. Disco Pigs with Macaulay Culkin? No, I'm talking about like real life. Was this real life character? Yeah, well, there was a club kid who killed somebody and then kept them in his closet. Okay, I'm not thinking of that. This is not a true. This is not a true crime podcast. I know. We stop. We have to stop. Simone, we will not talk about any of the murders. It'll just be kind of like fun times and people roller skating and Bianca Jagger coming in on a white horse. Yes, love that vibes. Perfect. Um. Then Daisy sees the guy that stole the song from her. Loved this. Did you know really automatically some... that they were gonna? She was gonna push him in the pool. I saw that coming no. a mile away. I don't think I realized there was a pool there, but once I did, yeah, it was fantastic. She push, she says, you could at least thank me. I like that she goes over and introduces herself to his like girlfriend. Yeah. First. She's like, hi, I'm Daisy. You could thank me. You got everything. And then she just sings at him while he's in the pool. And it's fantastic. It was great. It was, it was good. And then we see Daisy in the future and she goes, a normal person would have let that go. Owning it still. What She's still mad. Though? I don't think anybody would have let that go. That's a huge deal. Oh, yeah. If you were a struggling songwriter and somebody fully on stole your song. And it becomes the biggest hit of the summer. No. Because then you can't escape it. Maybe Uh we're just psychopaths. I love holding a grudge, though. But, like, that's just a woman thing is not letting it go. Right? Is it? No. Please, men start wars. I mean, men are more emotional. But women... 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I will. I will um, stand. I will stand by my belief that men are more emotional, and women. Oh, women are they even healed? Sane you can push ones. it down. Yeah, we're saying. Well, have you seen? Yeah, have you seen all those TikToks where it's like how men write women's anger, and it's like a woman walking into a room and just like throwing things and ripping down curtains and shit, and then it's like how women experience anger, and it's just a close up of just a woman staring into space, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, that's true. <laughs> just like the glass eyed expression of pure rage. Yeah. Oh, when you would see that in your mom, you would be like, okay, I got to change my name and I run away and run away. Child the rest of my life. <laughs> Honestly, I would stand and give it back to her. I'd be like, yeah, what about it? <laughs> oh my God, no. We're a family of sociopaths. <laughs> you are. We're a family of just like flying into blind rages and then immediately being like i don't understand why you're upset because i've got my emotion out and now you seem to be in it and i don't understand what this is about <laughs> wait my mother used to do this thing and she's gonna kill me she, she'll never listen to this but then i realized that this is a new england irish mother thing but it, she would we would be like causing havoc and i'm sure we were absolute nightmares and then she would just put one hand over her head and then she would clap her other hand and she'd go jesus mary and holy saint joseph take my hands before i beat the ever living shit out of my ungrateful children and we'd be like <laughs> oh my goodness so dramatic. It's so dramatic. <laughs> and then I met somebody else who was an Irish girl from New Hampshire, and she was like, oh, "No, my mom just she didn't say the exact same words, but she would she... do Jesus, Mary, take my hands." That is, and you're probably so tiny, and your mom's standing there, and then making herself even bigger. That would scare mm -hmm. the crap out of me. <laughs> oh my goodness! I don't know if that explains absolutely everything or literally nothing about you <laughs> listen and then we eventually we would think it was very funny we would just start laughing yeah. then it would just be like when you're in high school you're like gosh mom you're such a drama queen <laughs> you just laugh at her face i mean i think also as kids we were like this is a bit much <laughs> <laughs> we understand we're annoying but like come on get yourself together <laughs> incredible incredible um okay all right so back at the television show uh teddy visits and i love that he just doesn't even say like you need to rejoin the band he's like being sober is gonna be really hard and i wanted to say hi yeah and he's like i think that you're doing the right thing though i just yeah. i love I teddy. teddy i love teddy how he mm -hmm. takes these kids under his wing reluctantly so and i just i'm really i'm really liking the character i never really cared for him in the book and i really like him in the show they've done I a really good job him in the book yeah he's just this, such like a good job big fat presence that they just talk about how billy constantly wants to please him and i'm i right really... and that he's very ugly too which yeah rust yeah Russ. Tom Wright is the actor who's killing the game. He's doing so well. Yeah. I just think he he's made it a really intriguing character. Um 
And then the band is at a party talking about how they need to find a new Billy. And then we get our first real Graham and Karen scene. And it's fantastic. Oh, I figured you would love that one. Oh, it was so good. Karen is just being cool as fuck, as she always is, just drinking. It's like, I want to have sex. I never want to have kids. I just want to drop dead playing with my band. With my just... friends. Drop yes. dead on stage with my friends. <laughs> I am... and then she just... I'm not blown away by Suki, but I'm like, I'm pleasantly impressed. Okay. I think she's doing a great job. Like yeah. she just hasn't she hasn't had a scene yet that she's been able to knock my socks off. They haven't given that to her yet. I mean, I thought this one was so much fun. Oh yeah. Because it is also it's like obviously she has to know that Graham has a crush on her. And so like is she fucking with him? That's so mean if she does. Ooh. Or is she doing it just to be like, I will never fuck you, but doesn't have to say it directly to him? There's layers. There's layers. It could mean different things. There is layers. That's a good... I didn't really think about that if she knew. I always just assumed that she had no idea. Oh, I thought that she knew from the beginning. I always thought she knew. Probably. Yeah. I mean, when you're a woman that gorgeous, don't you just assume that everybody's in love with you? Probably everyone is in love with you. That's That's true. If I met Karen, I would fall in love with her immediately. Are you joking? Yeah. Just a cool chick in a rock and roll band in the 70s. Yeah, everybody with would. With that hair? Yeah. yeah. With that right. hair? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're human beings with blood in our veins. Like, I can't help it. That um, line at the end, though, that she says is, let's go for it. And then Graham's little face just lights up. And then she walks away. <laughs> I was like, wait, are they going to do this that early? Like, it's supposed to be, like, what? No. And then she just swerves him so hard. And it's it's pretty painful. It's very painful, but it's a great scene. And it's really funny. And it is interesting to think about if she knew or not, if she knows or not at this stage. I think you're right. I think she does know, which kind of adds to it. Yeah. I don't know. like. Not at that I would care that she's unlikable because I don't I like it when female characters are unlikable, but I don't mm-hmm. think it would. I think it just makes it real. Women do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Not me. I'm not like. <laughs> well, no, but not even that she's doing it to be cruel or to play with him. Like, I think it's a way for her to say, like, it's never going to happen between the two of us without having to wait for him to make a move awkwardly mm. or to have to say to him out of the blue, like, it's never going to happen. Right. Like, this is a way for her to be like, see, I don't think of you in that way. Because right. when I want to fuck somebody random, I go over there. Yeah. It's a little warning. It's a warning shot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then they audition a bunch of people to play, to, to replace Billy. How did you feel about this? I thought it was whatever. It's a fun little, it was fine. I thought it could have been fun. I'm not big on montages where it's just so obvious that mm-hmm. it's bad. I don't know. There's just something about like audition montages where you just get all the worst people and it's like, well... Eh. 
they would never offer to audition those people if they knew. I don't know. Just well, maybe they were just like, whoever wants to come by, just come by. But then they have to really make sure that Eddie is okay to audition after they let those terrible men audition. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know, Eddie. I don't know if you should audition. You just let some guy scream sing in your face for 10 minutes. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then you're, you're like, okay, yeah, sure, he can audition because he's standing right there in the microphone. Like, that was such a track to get up to the microphone. <laughs> well, he's standing there anyway, so might as well. It's like, yeah, no. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, man, if only you had been standing up, Eddie, then we would have let you audition. That's too bad you were <laughs> sitting down. Like, that just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And no. then nothing comes of it. That was the other thing. I like what you said before, though, where they don't do anything and then Billy just kind of automatically assumes his rightful place. I liked that they didn't try with Eddie and then Eddie just didn't work out. But the looks that they gave each other at the end of Eddie's song was seeming like, oh, he's not not half bad. And then just nothing came of it. So I just didn't. I think it well, just, I thought the looks were kind of like he's no Billy. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, he's no Billy, but he's not half bad. So then you would assume mm -hmm. that they would try it with him. And then they just didn't. And then we just cut to Christmas and it's they haven't done anything. I just thought like the timing was a little wonky with that. Maybe. Yeah. Um then we get Simone in the record, uh Simone recording with a Crico Beefo. Uh producer was that chris diamatopoulos or am i making that up i have no idea i don't think i clocked if it was anybody um okay i think it might have been but oh it was it wow. is him right what a good eye you have. I have a, it's a it's like a weird gift that i have i have a really <laughs> good eye for like recognizing obscure actors like tom wright he was in seinfeld he's in like two episodes of seinfeld i was like oh that's the guy from seinfeld <laughs> i just weirdly it's probably an encyclopedic knowledge that i should not have and i should clear out some space in my brain but no that's great but the fact that they have him in this role means it's going to be a bigger deal and i wonder if it's going to come back to simone Oh, I hope not. Do you he, think the producer basically like had Simone sit on his lap, which is gross. It was disgusting. It mm -hmm. was. Uh, I I mean, obviously you don't like it, but to show what she like the little things that women had to go through in the time yeah. to not make it a big rape scene, but just like a little like that man thought nothing was wrong with doing that. And other men probably didn't think there was anything wrong. The sound engineer was like, well, yeah, whatever. But there's like to do something like that, I think goes so much further than showing a, a rape scene. Because mm -hmm. it's just more, I don't know, like, am I making sense? Yeah. And I think it's showing how pervasive that level of sexual harassment was that she was just she she comes home and she thinks for a second to tell Daisy and then just doesn't. Yeah. Do you think that that's all that happened? Or when she comes home and tells like when she looks at Daisy and she's kind of like really shaken, 
do you think something else happened? No, I mean, the thing is, too, it's like something that she wasn't proud of. No, I don't think so. I didn't think so either, but a part of me wondered. I mean, who knows? But I think it's also like they, she would have, um, or like when he, when she was like, no, I kind of want to listen to it from over here. He was like fine with it. So it's also just like he fully doesn't think there's anything wrong with it because he's just like, oh, she could sit on my lap or she could stand over there. Like there was nothing sinister then. I mean, obviously the whole thing was sinister, but it wasn't then just sort of like, oh, and then did more happen. I don't think I so. Thought, well, I thought he gave her kind of a look like, hmm, mm. you're, you're not going to sit on my lap? Like, okay, don't really like that. I thought there was yeah. a little bit of that. Which made me think afterwards when she didn't tell Daisy, maybe something else happened. But if you don't think so. Yeah, I hope not. Um, And then the next scene, Billy and Camilla are talking and Billy wants to go back to Pittsburgh to work in construction. And so Camilla could work at a paper. And Camilla's like, you got another fucking thing coming. She's like, is this Pittsburgh face? Does this look like Pittsburgh face to you? No, No, this is LA face. This is LA face. I'm saying where I belong. I liked this scene. I liked Oh perfect. It it explained like what we had problems with before with why she came to LA and she said, I didn't come here for you, I came here with you for our life. And mm-hmm. I liked that explanation. I liked she's trying to stand independently with Billy. Mm-hmm. She didn't follow him anywhere. I th- yeah. Yeah, and then this is when finally he's able to pick up Julia because he's like, well, I'm scared I'll do it wrong or I'll mess up. And she's like, yeah, they every parent scared, is scared of that. Just pick her up. It was so cute. Sam Claflin with the mm-hmm. baby. It was pretty adorable. <laughs> and then he's, yeah, then he's bonding with her. Eddie comes for a visit and tries to try because eddie's a messy bitch who loves her drama he's trying to stir some shit up and he's like well why are you saying you're just acting like nothing happened it's like okay she she recalls what happened yeah <laughs> yeah don't bring it up again they've moved past it she's yeah uh eddie see eddie is eddie's gonna be like the sleeper agent who's just sliding along bringing the little drama there. uh-huh um, I love it. Camilla's like, you don't stop loving somebody when it gets hard. That was a great line. Then it's Christmas with the six. That was where it's Eddie really shined for me. I really liked Eddie in this Christmas. <laughs> and then, so then Billy's finally like, so I wrote a song. If, if you guys want to hear it, like all shy. And then Eddie goes, no, nope. we don't. <laughs> no, nope. I loved it. I thought it was so perfect and then him just looking at everybody like i love that he didn't try to play it off and mm-hmm. say you know oh i was just kidding of course we want to hear it but he just stuck to his guns like no guys we don't right like we don't want to watch we don't want to hear this fantastic no and then he just goes hey asshole play the damn song right <laughs> he doesn't back down um and then teddy listens to honeycomb and teddy likes it ish ish he, he tells betty that i mean sorry he tells billy 
how much Billy fucked up and fucked everybody over, which I think Billy knows. Yeah. It's a lot of self-isolation. Yeah, you don't need to say it to Billy again. Yeah. And then he plays it for the executives and they're like, no, we don't like it either. I liked, here's here's my pet peeve about film and TV that it's it set in the past. Mm-hmm. Books to everything. I hate when characters are then like, because at the end of the scene, the executives go like, oh, we should play you this new band out of the Midwest. They have like a really good sound. And I was like, if, they, if they're like, and they're called Leonard Skinner or something, right. I'd be like, okay, fuck off. <laughs> like, I, I don't want that. I hate it. Or when people are like, oh, there's this new invention. I don't think it'll catch on. It's called the telephone. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you don't know like that? That always just... It's like a cheese grater on my skin. I cannot. I, I hate it. I like it. I was waiting for them to say the band. And I was like, oh, who's it going to be? Who's the next? And then they didn't do it. And I was mad. I was like, oh, I wanted to know who the big band from the Midwest was. I was so happy they cut away. <laughs> I don't want to know. Or just make up a, like, they're really good at making up band. The 3250s is one of the, like, a band that they just talk about. Like, I always feel like that's so much more realistic if it's just, like, just name a band just and have people talk about it casually. Yeah. And we'll get by context. It's a big deal. Yeah. Especially in the Taylor Jenkins Reid universe where most of the, like, pop culture stuff is fake. Yeah. Like, Evelyn Hugo and Mick Riva and, you know, you you want everything to be fake. You don't really want to ground it in a real reality except for when it's yeah. locations. Well, Dave, David Bowie exists in the, in the Taylor, in the Taylor Jenkins Reid universe, which is exciting. Good to know. It's, we but like he now. transcends reality. Everything? Yeah. <laughs> he actually does live in the book as well. And that's the fun thing about Bowie. He can exist on as many planes as he chooses. Literally. I would believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you had to pick one, him or maybe Prince. Yeah. That just Prince kinda, would like, be over it. Prince yeah. would be there. Yeah, yeah. He'd be yeah. on a space plane. But like <laughs> Bowie just kind of feels like he just transcends the page. Yeah. <laughs> I took so many drugs before we recorded this, recorded this podcast. Can you Ooh. know? Uppers and downers. I did didn't. You find I did not. My mom listens. Mom, I'm not on drugs. I swear. <laughs> um. So then, Teddy and Daisy. I mean, I love the scene, and I'm interested to for your thoughts on the scene. So Daisy's over, like talking about how she can only write songs when they come to her, and all this stuff. Um. I love there's a line on the book that he doesn't say in the show, but is like still such a good line. I do want to say it. Um, Teddy says in the book, someone who insists on the perfect conditions to make art isn't an artist. They're an asshole. Yep. It's great. I love that line. So we're continuing the trend of Daisy, just like not really being able to get her act together. And then just so happens that Teddy is playing honeycomb, which is uh, Billy's song. And she's like, what is this? It's another like, one. Yeah, it? it's another one of the conveniences that's like, okay, sure. He did it on purpose. Oh, 
I did it on purpose. I like that. I like that a lot. 100%. He did it on purpose and he knows because something too that happens in the first scene after Daisy plays that song for him and they're talking, he's like, what can I do for you? Like he understands Daisy needs to feel like she's in control. So I think he knew if he had come to Daisy and said like, oh, I think you should work on this song, Honeycomb with this band. She'd be like, fuck you. I don't need to work with another band. And if she just hears it herself and kind of comes to the idea herself, then she's going to be like, oh yeah, maybe I should do that. Yeah. So I think he did it a hundred percent on purpose. You're so right. He totally did. Yeah. Teddy's a little genius. I love that little genius so much. Um, now we're in the studio. We're in the studio. This is uh, I these last few minutes just I sat I sat up electric uh, electric. I just wrote in my notes fucking sparks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wrote. Yes, from it's the moment so that she enters and the intro, her and Billy's intro together just the way that they size each other up i it's just the chemistry that you wanted and it's just the chemistry is so and right now in hollywood i must say we are suffering from a severe crisis which is a lack of chemistry between actors yes people cannot we cannot find chemistry between any actors and they found chemistry for these two yes because them in a scene together it's almost like you don't want to watch it it feels so intimate and it's like sparks are flying i want to start giggling like the the chemistry is there baby i love it (laughs) and it needed to be and if their chemistry fell short pack it in guys pack it in we're done what are we here for podcast canceled yeah show canceled my face my smile was a mile wide when they met. Yeah. I was just like, this is everything I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just in a big men's t-shirt, just like in the book. Just like in the so book. Good. So good. Uh, and then um, just when they walk into the studio and she's like, do you want to talk through? And he's like, no. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine, too. Oh, you fine? I'm fine. I'm fine, too. Like, it was so perfect. Just like mm-hmm. the animosity, but also the trying to feel each other out and the it was mm. amazing. Well, I love the whole band is waiting and watching and you know, Daisy's nervous and she's never recorded in that situation before and she's like, Oh, can we get rid of the audience? And I love that Karen was like, Hey guys, do you wanna go see do you wanna go say hi to Deb? And they're like, Fuck yeah, let's go say hi to Deb. She's Deb's here. here? And then <laughs> I love that that was I so perfect. And then Karen and Daisy just share a look. Yeah. That I'm like, yes, I love that. Yeah. And it Karen really, stays to watch. Karen mm-hmm. has these great moments, like little moments where she does that and they yeah. do that little look and Daisy says, thank you. It reminded me of the scene in the diner when they were picking the name. And it's mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know if it's before or after she says that we should be the six. And he's like, there's five. And Karen just like looks at Camila and then, Billy's already talking and Camilla has this moment where she just looks at Karen and like mouse thank you and it's like in the literal background of the scene but it was Mm -hmm. so it's just like these little moments like Karen is a girl's Mm -hmm. girl and I love it 
Yes. And I just love that even though she's like hangs out with men most of the time, she's looking out. She's a girl's girl and she's looking out for girls. And I love it. And like the guys are even saying, you know, oh, you're not a girl. Like you're not a chick. She's like, I am a chick mm-hmm. and I'm actually the best kind of chick. I'm a girl's girl. Like, <laughs> I am the supreme kind of chick, which is uh, girl's a girl's girl. girl. Exactly. Um Billy doesn't realize that Daisy's rewritten the song. They start singing the like different lyrics to each other. But even even before that, when they're putting on their headphones and like Daisy just keeps looking over at him because yeah, she's like clearly never done this before. She wants reassurance from she... Billy that Billy is doesn't even realize that's happening. He is so in his own mind and his own obsession with his own self that he's like, I don't understand why she's here. I don't understand why I'm here. Do you think um, it's that, or I think it's that, and I think it it also is he for someone who's in a band he is a solo artist Mm -hmm. like he just doesn't want to admit that there's anybody else like when you watch their stage shows he's in the front and everybody else is you know their microphones are even Mm -hmm. placed in the back and he's just never had somebody on an equal plane with him on the side Mm -hmm. and he just it seemed it didn't just seem that he was not looking at her but it also it seems very pointed like you know when someone's looking at you and you're like don't look don't look don't look don't look yeah that was also what it see it felt like he was just like do not look over there do not look at her right like he was just going to be a brat about it yeah don't give her um, anything yeah i love we they billy storms out of the studio because he's pissed daisy's trying to be like let's talk about the song let's talk about the meaning of the song and as the speech versus duet you know yeah that was great i love that or this yeah the speech versus conversation and and you see all three of the guys are sitting with deb who's this like blonde girl watching um all in the family (laughs) um great detail and yeah fantastic but before before daisy Mm -hmm. before Teddy Lake leaves. Daisy has the great line. Is this the part where the men figure out the solution? Whew. Yeah. Because Daisy's also like, this is all very funny to her too. Because she obviously takes, is starting to take music really more seriously. Mm-hmm. But it's also like not going to give anybody the satisfaction of thinking that she's rattled or cares. Mm. So she's cracking jokes. She's talking to Tobias and German (laughs) like she's kind of fucking around and trying to like make it not feel real and it's like the few moments where she tries to drop in and and tells Billy that she loves the sound of his voice and stuff like he doesn't want to hear it and she like backs away from that immediately Um, I also saw it as like when she says I love the sound of your voice as her trying to disarm him yeah and starting like already starting the mind games a little bit (laughs) just like he thinks I'm going to be mad at him and I'm going to give him the best compliment ever. And you can see his face. His eyes are just like, wait, what? Yeah. I also loved Teddy's uh, answer to her question. Is this the part where the men figure out the solution? (laughs) I highly doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy knows. Teddy knows. 
And then they get back in the studio and she's like, are we going to keep fighting or are we going to record? I'm cool either way. Wait, you're skipping over the Billy and Teddy in the closet. Oh, Billy and Teddy are in the closet. What happened there? He just talks him into it. Or he talks him into it and he says, Daisy's right. Yours is a mm-hmm. conversation. I wouldn't want to do this if I were you either. And Billy just can't handle it. Also, just the beginning of the scene where he's like, why are we in a closet? Billy goes, I thought, like, I thought it was another it was- room. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the dark for a while he can't find the light where's the light can I turn the light on <laughs> but I just thought it was great because it's a very it's pretty quick lines in the book of just you know Daisy comes in and changes his mm-hmm. song and makes it a question kind of rips the rug out from Billy and all this hard work that he's done and the song is about how he sees a light at the end of the tunnel and Daisy changes that and flips his entire existence on its head and saying, like, well, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? And as a person suffering from an addiction, you don't want that question in your head. Yeah. And I think that Teddy being the one to express that was really great. Mm-hmm. I just really, I just really liked it. I just. I thought it was like a great scene. I thought all of these scenes in the studio were like not even just in the studio, but in the the existing rooms throughout the studio played really well. I know. I mean, it makes me look forward to when they start recording Aurora that it'll be fun like this, hopefully. Yeah. Um, And then Teddy as a final little fuck you to Billy makes them share a mic. There's a rattle in your mic. It wasn't a fuck you. It was a, like, I'm going to make magic happen. Right, exactly. He's like, I'm getting these two people together, and this is going to be so good. It's going to be sparks. I just wrote fucking magic. Danger. (laughs) So good. Loved it. The song, I think it's fantastic. I love the song. I love the song. This is the first time I had heard it, Mm -hmm. and I have to, I'm not going to stop myself anymore, but I, I was... I'm going to listen to that song. Like I'm going on Spotify and getting that, like downloading that song. Yeah. It was so good. I read an article. Do you know who wrote it? Who? Marcus Mumford. (gasps) I love him. He was in, like he wrote the song and helped with the music. And in an interview with Sam Claflin, um, Sam said that Marcus was in the studio next door when they recorded and Marcus was recording his solo album and he came Mm -hmm. in and he like helped Sam out a lot during the actual recording of the song too. Um, but you can tell when he said that, because at first it does feel like pretty seventies on the first listen. It was like, Oh yeah. Like this mm-hmm. feels like a Fleetwood Mac, Mac song. Like I definitely could see it being a number one hit in the seventies. I could see it being a number one hit right now. Oh yeah, it is. I think it's number one on iTunes. Okay, good. But then when Sam Claflin said it's a Marcus Mumford song, I thought, yep. I absolutely hear Mumford in there, which I love. So, yeah, I just like the music is. I'm apart from that thing you do, which we have to bring up every episode. <laughs> I'm not big on original songs in uh, movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. I find it really hard to like watch original songs without being able to sing along. I guess so. The music was a little bit on my worry list before but everything has been fantastic and i'm absolutely loving the music 
Yeah, I'm still trying to not listen to the music outside of the show so that I don't get like like I want to have the moment. Oh of the yeah, show yeah. That's what. The song. That's all I mean. But now that they've introduced the song, now yeah. it's time to. Yeah, yeah. Now that's, we can listen. Play it that's what I mean. Just the songs that we've heard so far in the show, I'm loving. Yeah. And then... I clap. I clapped at the end of the song when they finished singing. I started clapping. Oh my god! No, wait. I forgot. So when Daisy and Billy first meet, when they come into the studio and Teddy introduced them, it cuts to like Billy in the present, like whenever that was, and he says nothing. He just kind of like looks and oh, and they smiles. Both smile? And then it cuts to Daisy in the present, and she just kind of smiles, and that's it. They don't say anything. I'm like, oh my god. I wrote that down. I was like, great intro, Billy and Daisy smiles, and I was like, wait, yeah. when did I write that down? But just the smiles, so. Mm-hmm perfect much more yeah so perfect um and then billy calls camilla and she's like how did it go and he says it was a nightmare <sighs> but then we see him in the studio and he's like cranking up daisy cranking track, up daisy so. moving up daisy i don't think it was such a nightmare there mr dunn i like the actions not the words of what you're saying exactly i mean that's pretty much this whole book and then <laughs> daisy walks in and Simone asks her how it was and she says I think that was the best day of my life oh my god it was just such a great ending they are doing a really good job of like ending episode episodes Mm -hmm. with cross-cutting footage between Daisy and Billy Mm -hmm. I'm really I'm excited that now they're together physically in the same space and not just passing each other while Daisy works at a job we don't need let's never ever, ever we will bring it up ever we will ever bring it up. talk about daisy working again in my mind she does not that part she also doesn't live in one of those apartment buildings in what are those apart are they called like dimwit buildings or something like that in la i don't know about dimwit there is a word for when there it's like with the over the garage yeah, yeah i don't remember what it's called but it's some it's like a word like that um but yeah, no, but, we re- we're retconning that from the yeah. from the narrative. In our mind, that doesn't exist. She's at the chateau, which is great for her. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to say one of my favorite lines uh-huh. when Simone walks in on Daisy in her room, like throwing books and flopping on her bed. Mm-hmm. She says, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Daisy goes, "Writing." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just like, yep, that is an accurate representation of what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty much a throwing yourself around inside emotionally. Normally, it's a lot of sitting, eating snacks. Oh, I physically wandering. I physically like flop on this couch right here and just <laughs> scream at the heavens. <laughs> Curse me with this awful yeah. dream of wanting to be a writer terrible you're so good at it oh my gosh stop thank you um yeah can i I do a quick little brag yeah of course i checked a thing off of my writer's bucket list this week somebody read read one of my scripts and they said Mm -hmm. it was so good it made them mad and (gasps) i've never had that and i was like (laughs) i've always wanted that and it was pretty exciting I was like, you have just helped me cross off something on the bucket list. So thank you. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's pretty exciting. I just I think it's the same thing I read and I agree. It is what you read and thank you so much. You are also a fantastic writer. We cannot let the praise train go by without a stop at Aaron Station. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's fine. But I think yeah. Do you have any swoons for this week? Oh, yes, I do. It's actually a chemistry swoon again. Um, are you watching Abbott Elementary? <gasps> yes, I am. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but my swoon is the chemistry between Quinta Brunson and Tyler James Williams, Janine and Gregory, because Oh, those two crazy kids. They're doing such a good job such a like good talk job. about walking that line of like giving us enough that every episode we are living for it and squealing but then not just have like not just pushing them over the edge and then just be like okay now whatever they're together right and it's like, like the it's the walking of the line in a really real way and uh but when it was i was just like come on you crazy kids like i'm uh Oh, you want it so bad. You want it so bad. They're so good together, though. Their chemistry, like, oh my God. yes, there is a dearth of chemistry, but, like, those two oh, are I making am, up when for When I it. say there's a dearth of chemistry, I am not talking about Abbott Elementary, obviously. Yeah. Please, get real. No, I know, no. I'm, but they're the only ones. Like, think of, besides the two and Bad Sisters also, but, like, these two, smoking off the screen. Oh in space it's so good it's so good it really is yeah okay what's yours oh my god i how am i always just like going off of one of mine well no because i'll like uh, the thing that's consumed my ever waking moment since friday has been the scandal of it all so it's just been spending a lot of time on tiktok just trying to get to the bottom of it any any good tea I mean, yeah, I'll I'll keep you updated later. I mean, okay, this yeah, this yeah. is that gonna come out forever. in a week. Why yeah. not, why isn't your swoon matching lightning bolt tattoos or necklaces? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh barf, 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 barf. I mean, my swoon is also like all your friends coming to you when you're when yeah, your that's a good one. Husband cheats on you with this with an absolute cyborg of a human. Yeah, maybe that one. I mean, the other thing that I'm loving is the show Poker Face continuing i'm a few episodes behind so don't spoil anything but i would uh, that's a good one natasha leon swoon about her yeah she's so good swoon about her hair because her hair is fantastic her hair is phenomenal great hair love it yeah all right guys so uh we will see you next week or in a few days our our release schedule is going to be mondays and wednesdays moving forward for the show but we'll all also be putting up the episodes sort of as we record them onto patreon so if you are jones in for a new episode you can just check it out there also the video of this one is going to be great we've got a lot of dancing and we've mm-hmm. got aaron's mother's hand movements above her head if you want to see the visual <laughs> she's of gonna that. Uh, nobody nobody who knows my mom and please do not tell her that i did that because she'll also <laughs> say i never did that i never did it and you we, she was a very good mom she also what about my mom she's a great mom oh that's a nice one <laughs> but yeah <laughs> So if you want, yeah, all of the videos from all the episodes are going to be up on Patreon as well. If you want to see us as well as listen to us, you know, it could be fun. Um, if you have your own Daisy Jones opinions, you can always email us at learnthetropespodcast at gmail.com. 
We're at Instagram at Learning the Tropes and on Twitter at Learning Tropes. We have our Patreon, like we just said. If you just go to patreon.com and search Learning the Tropes, we're there. And we'll see you guys next time where we'll be talking about episode four. Yeah. We're, we're almost halfway through. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so people really need to write in and tell us what they think about us and the show and our opinions. <laughs> And Taylor's love language is words. What is it? Words of affirmation. Oh yeah, that's like ten thousand. I don't know that I've ever met somebody with this level of words of affirmation. <laughs> no, I just want people to say what they think about Daisy Jones the show. Oh yeah. So that I, I want. I want to know if we're on the right track or if people are like, you mm-hmm. guys are way off base. Yeah, that's what I'm we'll wondering. See. All right, well, writing guys, and until then, keep Jonesing. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.